This winter, join the Washington Post in its fight against hunger, homelessness, and poverty with a contribution to Post Helping Hand. To learn more and donate, visit posthelpinghand.com. Hey, history lovers. I'm Mike Rosenwald with Retropod, a show about the past rediscovered. April 25th, 1986. In Privyet, a bustling Ukrainian city in the Soviet Union 400 miles from Moscow, residents were enjoying an unseasonably warm spring day. And with International Workers' Day approaching, the town's laborers, most of them employed nearby at the Chernobyl nuclear facility, were getting ready to celebrate, stocking up on vodka, standing in line for meat, planting potatoes. In a matter of hours, disaster would strike. There has been a nuclear accident in the Soviet Union, and the Soviets have admitted that it happened. One of the atomic reactors at the Chernobyl atomic power plant in the city of Kiev was damaged, and there is speculation in Moscow that people were injured and may have died. Whatever did occur there, a radioactive cloud headed north across Poland today and into Denmark. Disasters don't just happen. Like anything in life, good or bad, there's usually a buildup. In the case of the Chernobyl disaster, the series of failures stretched back more than a decade, including an absurdly misguided decision concerning the reactor's control rods. Those rods contained boron, a neutron poison meant to slow down nuclear fission, reduce power, and thus prevent the reactor from overheating and exploding. Raising the rods up reduces power, lowering them increases power. The Soviets, however, wanted to make reactor operation as efficient as possible by making the ends of the rods out of graphite, which didn't slow reactivity and in some cases could cause reactivity in the core to increase. You can see where this is going. So it would be as if you were driving a car really fast and you stamp on the brakes to to bring it to an emergency stop. But instead of slowing it down, it suddenly speeds the car up. That's Adam Higginbotham, the author of Midnight in Chernobyl, a new book that explains, in terrifying detail, a very long series of decisions and events that led to the disaster. Higginbotham pays particular attention to April 25th, the day before the meltdown, when those rods became lethal. It was a Friday, a busy day. Reactor number four was scheduled to be shut down for routine maintenance, and the operators were going to use the opportunity to conduct a long overdue safety test. Engineers and reactor workers were ready to go. They called the dispatcher at the the grid, the electrical grid in Kiev, and the dispatcher told them that they, they couldn't take the reactor offline to do this test at that point because they were approaching the end of the month. And at the end of the month in the Soviet Union, factories all over the empire were desperately scrambling to meet their end-of-month production quotas, which is the way in which all the employees and managers would get financial bonuses. They would need to wait until at least 9 p.m. And so everyone waited. And waited. An ornery manager who hadn't slept for days turned more angry by the minute. The wheels of chaos were churning. Finally, by midnight, 
they got the go-ahead to shut down the reactor. But by then, the shift workers trained and ready to conduct the test were getting ready to go home. The shift coming in thought the test was done. There wasn't even a nuclear safety official available anymore. And the reactor operator taking control, he had only been on the job two months. And he had never ever overseen either the startup or the shutdown of a reactor in real life before. These are periods in reactor operation which are analogous to taking off or landing an aeroplane. And he was going to have to do this entirely on his own for the first time. When the test finally started, almost nothing went right. Taking over reactor control at the beginning of his shift, the operator skipped an important step, causing power levels to fall to almost zero. He and his colleagues struggled to bring the reactor up to the correct level for the test. This placed the reactor core in a state of extreme instability. Still, the safety test, it lasted just 36 seconds, seemed to go off just fine. But when the operator pressed the button to shut the reactor down at the end of the test, he noted an unexpected power surge. What was happening? Well, unbeknownst to him, the reactor control rods, with those graphite tips, precipitated a sudden and very, very exponential rise in reactor power. There were multiple explosions. The reactor blew up. The building blew up. It was the worst nuclear accident in history. Today, Pripyat is a ghost town. Thousands of people in the area and throughout the region were exposed to radiation levels that caused cancers and other maladies still surfacing even now. Winding the clock back is, of course, impossible. But one of the many lessons of Chernobyl, according to Higginbotham, is how the tragedy and other major disasters are never just about one mistake. The, a lot of these accidents have similar characteristics of a, of a chain of events taking place, each one of which on their own would not result in a catastrophe. But if they lined up in just the wrong way over the right period of time, then they would lead to a disaster. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. For more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash Retropod. Contributions to Post Helping Hand go directly to services run by beneficiaries Bright Beginnings and Street Village and so others might eat, that provide shelter, food, education, and other services to those less fortunate in the Washington, D.C. region. Learn more at posthelpinghand.com.